It's Tuesday, January 10th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, a lot going on, uh, not directly related with the the Guardians, but uh, a lot of stuff that actually affects the Guardians in a lot of different ways uh, in this sort of hot stove uh, period of the, the offseason. Uh, we're still waiting on Hall of Fame results, which should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but until then, uh, which which will give us uh, plenty to talk about, uh, until then, we can talk about what's still going on with the Carlos Correa situation. And it appears as though uh, uh, the the Mets are, are frustrated with uh, Correa's camp and and trying to work out the details of some sort of contract that's that's going to uh, that's going to look similar to and resemble uh, the original, uh, you know, uh, agreement that they had in place. Uh, but but sort of min- minimizes the, the Mets risk. Well, now it seems like uh, Correa and his folks have started talking to other teams, uh, and one of those is the the team he played for last year, the Minnesota Twins. How does that uh, impact the Guardians if Correa stays in the American League Central? Yeah, Joe. I mean, it is. It's like it's crazy. You know, you got to you need a scorecard to uh, keep where, where where exactly Carlos Correa is. You know, on on any given day. You know, he uh, you know he signed that that short contract with. Uh, the Twins last year, three years, 105.3 million, you know, with an opt-out after the first year, he takes the opt-out. Then he, you know, reaches a 13-year, 13-year, uh, $350 million deal with the Giants, but they don't like a fit the physical. So, uh, you know, Boris and Correa pivot and uh, agree to a 12-year, $315 million deal with the Mets. And meanwhile, the Twins were kind of, you know, barking on the outside. They they offered him reportedly a 10-year, $285 million deal. And now, you know, both those deals seem to perhaps be by the wayside. And they've gone back to the Twins. And we'll have to see what kind of deal comes out of this, Joe. Or, you know, people, you know, some people think he still, you know, will end up with the Mets. But now, you know, he could, uh, he could definitely uh, help the Twins if he goes and and plays for a Minnesota, you know, for the second straight year, we saw he's a good player, Joe. He's he's uh, you know he's a he's a offensive threat, good shortstop. You know we you know we did, we saw him at his peak uh, last season, and he certainly helped the Twins. Yeah, against uh, Cleveland uh, in his career, two seventy six career hitter with ten home runs, twenty four RBIs, and an eight twenty four OPS in 51 career games a regular season against Cleveland uh so you know he's a he's a solid he's a plus player he's obviously uh you know a former all-star a world series champion uh he knows how to win and he would he would get uh he would bring a lot back to Minnesota if he went back to Minnesota uh obviously uh he would make their lineup better uh but you know I just got the sense toward down the stretch that uh, last season, especially in September, you know, he, he was done playing in Minnesota. He didn't want to be there anymore. He had his eyes set and his sights set on, uh, you know, a bigger market where he could, he could make more money and, and get a little more exposure and, and play for a, a team that was expected to win a championship. Uh, and, and I think that might've been what he was sold on when he signed that initial deal with, uh, the, the, the twins last off season, uh, cause we all sort of thought that came out of nowhere, uh, you know, Korea going to the Twins. Uh, and and really, you, you got the feeling that uh, 
uh, he was, you know, it was it was only a temporary stop. It wasn't something that that was going to be in the long haul for him. Uh, but but now it looks like it might be the only uh, the only suitor, uh, you know, willing to, to to lock him up for for one of those big 10 plus year deals. Yeah, like uh, any port is uh, safe in a storm, I guess. And, uh, you know, he knows uh, he knows the twins. The twins know him. I think that's that's the key, Joe. The twins doctors know him. You know, they know that this, you know, that the ankle injury that seems to have caused all these this concern with the Giants and Mets, you know, physical, I mean, physicians, uh, you know, the. The uh, the twins have got him through a season. They know what he has to, you know, how to rest him, how to uh, when he has to play, when he needs a rest, you know, what what rehab he has to go through. So, you know, that's a big advantage at this point, I think. I, I wonder what kind of precedent it would set if he does go back to the twins on maybe a less than a 10 year deal in, in some way. If 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 the medicals and the, the physicals and all that really. Uh, really did sort of take away his opportunity for one of these big, uh, you know, 10 plus year contracts. Uh, you know, what's that mean for the next guy in terms of the scrutiny uh, that that the next Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Aaron Judge, uh, Mike Trout, you know, all those guys have to go through uh, to get to these big deals. If if they're going to throw up the stop sign on uh, Correa getting getting 10 plus years, you know, who's the next guy to come along? Uh, you know, what kind of issues is he going to have? And what kind of difficulties should he expect uh, when when trying to get one of these deals? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it all depends on the club and, uh, you know, the amount of risk, you know, the club is willing to take. Uh, you know, if you've been playing baseball as long as Carlos Correa has been playing, he's what he probably started when he's six years old. Now he's, you know, in his late 20s. Um, you know, you're, you're going to get banged up, especially as much baseball as as these guys have to play to get to the big leagues to establish themselves. You know, you're you're not going to be body perfect, and uh, so it's just a, a you know a matter of risk and uh, how long is the contract, how much exposure is the club going to make, and how much uh, you know security is is the club is a, is is the player willing to meet the club you know halfway at a compromise right and you know he's he's dealing with a scott boris uh uh client here so that it, the, those negotiations usually don't tend to you know uh see a lot of give on the player's side of things in terms of what they want so but you know joe i think you know we've seen a couple deals with boros you know Boros with uh, even Josh Bell, you know, he's got mm-hmm. the early opt out this year. So he's willing to do that as long as you pay the guy, you know, he's, you know, and I think, uh, you know, Boros, you know, I think he'll, he's always calculating and recalculating. He's always looking down the road, um, you know, for the next deal. And if they sign a short term, another short term deal with the twins, you know, if he, and uh, Correa plays well, he can be back out on the market next year. Who knows? Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point, and you know the the, the Bell contract, uh, it, it just sounded like that one. Uh, it was a, a benefit to both sides, uh, both the Guardians and Josh Bell, but definitely the uh, the, the positives and the the potential there uh, for Bell is 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 way far out, uh, exceeds anything that uh, can benefit the the Guardians on the other side. Uh, you know, it, it, he could walk away from that potentially, uh, getting one of those big, you know, 10 year contracts. If he performs well this season, uh, might not necessarily be from Cleveland. 
speaking of teams minimizing risk and and uh, you know it's it's a uh, it's an awful uh, situation that we learned of uh, just recently within the last 24 hours here. Uh, Liam Hendricks, the all-star closer for the White Sox, announced on his Instagram that he has non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. He's being treated right now. He's 34 years old. Uh, so baseball kind of gets put on the back burner in that situation. And uh, Hendricks and the White Sox will move forward uh, without necessarily a timetable uh, for when uh, he could possibly return. But he's undergoing treatment uh, for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And, you know, this is a guy who who worked really hard to get to where he was and signed a a big free agent contract last season and uh you know is one of the one of the premier closers in baseball uh and now the white Sox are going to be without this guy the the guardians are uh, cleveland is familiar with uh, a situation like this as uh, you know we saw carlos carrasco go through uh his treatment for chronic myeloid leukemia uh back in 2019 and, and miss a good chunk of the season, but he made it back uh, and pitched at the end of the year. Uh, just what was your reaction when you saw Liam Hendricks uh, announce that he's he's stepping away to be treated for uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? Yeah, just, you know, terrible feeling, Joe. Jeez, you just, you know, a young man like that, it, you know, t- you know, at the height of his career, um, you know, you just, you know, you just hope for the best for him. And, uh, you know, you, you, you pray for him and uh, you just, uh, you know, hope that, you know, he can overcome this and, and get back on the mound. It, it's, you know, it's, 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 I'm sure it's a stunning shock for, for him, his family, you know, when you're, you're a professional athlete, you think you're almost immune to the, this kind of thing. You're, you know, you're bulletproof, but uh you you are not. Yeah, it's uh, it, and and it really did sort of you know immediately evoke the that sort of helpless feeling that that we as as fans and followers of baseball uh, have when when you see a guy who you know he's out there and this is a guy who throws ninety eight miles an hour and uh, you know you you wonder how how he can be dealing with something like this that's that's just gonna you know sideline him for so long with with these uh while he deals with and and gets treatment for uh this disease you know you never you hear cancer and and it's immediately all all these you know terrible things uh just sort of rush into your head and uh you know it was that way with carrasco it's that way with Hendricks. i guess you know hendrix for for me the 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 lasting image i'm gonna have in my head uh up until we heard about this uh this cancer diagnosis for him was you know Liam Hendricks on the mound serving up the uh, the grand slam home run to to Josh Bell or I'm sorry to Josh Naylor in uh, back in May in, in probably one of the the most memorable uh, Guardians games of of the season last year uh, I, I, I it sounds funny but I I, I want to see him back out on the mound I want to see him serving up more home runs to Josh Naylor uh, next season I don't want that I don't want to see the the White Sox without him. Uh, Kendall Graveman now becomes, I guess, the next in line candidate to be uh, the, the White Sox closer. But this this definitely, uh, you know, depletes their bullpen. Uh, if you want to look at it from a baseball perspective, at least. 
Yeah, uh, it does, Joe. I mean, he's, you know, like you said, he's a, he's a top shelf closer. Uh, he signed that big contract. I think he signed what a five year deal with Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, so you know they they invested heavily in him, and uh, I would imagine you know now they've got to give him all the space he needs, all the time he needs to heal and and get well. Um, you know, I, I you know we saw that how uh, Cleveland handled that with Carrasco. It was still you know, and when when he comes back, it's going to be. It's going to be awe-inspiring. I just, I still remember Carrasco uh, coming out of the bullpen uh, down in Tampa at, at Tropicana Field when he when he made his return after you know dealing with uh, his his uh, leukemia, and uh, both teams you know came out of the dugouts and were you know gave him a standing ovation, the Rays and the Indi and, and and then the Indians, and uh, it it was you know it. It was a feel-good story, and and Carlos has come back, you know, from that. Um, you know what he won 15 games this past season, so hopefully uh, Hendricks can do the same. You know, hopefully he he gets the right treatment, the right doctors, and they get him back on the mound as soon as possible. Yeah, and there was a, a point earlier in this offseason where uh, Hendricks' name had been bouncing around as a, a possible trade uh, chip for the the White Sox that. <laughs> They were going to trade him to to the Mets uh, to to get some sort of you know salary relief uh, as as they sort of retool their uh, you know their roster over there and you know you know maybe the the news of this had had gotten around and and it, it sort of torpedoed the uh, uh, the trade talks uh, I, I don't know about that but but uh, you know it just goes to show that the, the Mets have been sort of the hub of of all the off-season talk this year, any anything that's going on that's important uh, has really seemed like it's gone through New York and through the Mets. Yeah, Uncle Stevie has uh, taken over <laughs> baseball, and uh, you know that's another thing, Joe. I, I'm, I'm, you know, with this Correa situation, you know, uh, the commissioner has to sign off on this deal before anything becomes, you know, official, and so does the Major League Players Association. And I'm just thinking, you know, the commissioner works for, what, all 30 owners, and the way uh, uh, Cohen has driven up the uh, prices here and, or just, you know, you know, kind of destroyed the salary structure of Major League Baseball, at least for, you know, this season, uh, you know, I wonder if that enters into this into these, uh, you know, negotiations with uh, with Correa and w how much they okay on this deal, how much is, you know, uh, is guaranteed, all that stuff. I wonder if there's any, you know, kind of behind the scenes um, manipulations going on. Well, if you're looking for a, a team that has strange contracts uh, on the books and, and strange clauses and agreements and, and all that, uh, the, the Mets are, are definitely one of them. Don't don't forget, you've still got Bobby Bonilla getting paid a uh, million dollars a year for for the rest of his life uh, from uh, uh, from the Mets. So uh, you know maybe the commissioner signs off on on some sort of weird salary or, or contract structure. Uh, maybe the commissioner decides, hey, it's better if uh, Correa goes somewhere like uh, and stays in Minnesota. Maybe it's better for the game if that happens. Who knows? Uh, but I think you're right, and I think that the uh, uh, the most likely scenario is that Correa plays his next Major League Baseball game for the Mets. Uh, I think that's what what's going to happen, and uh, they'll figure out a way to get it done, uh, even if it you know both sides aren't thrilled with 
the way that the uh, the contract works out. Um, hey, uh, you know, I want to I want to sort of shift gears here for a second. Uh, you know, maybe staying on the the topic of uh, of health and and that kind of thing uh, in, in the game and in sports. Uh, you know, last week the the sports world kind of stopped and and really just sort of looked at itself and 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 took stock of what's really important when uh, Bill's safety. DeMar Hamlin, uh, you know, suffered cardiac arrest on the field. And, you know, uh, it was really just sort of scary situation. And I think everybody who saw a video of it and everybody who was watching Monday Night Football when it happened, uh, you know, it was sort of affected by it or had, uh, a, you know, a, a reaction to it in some way. Uh, you know, I, I just I, I got to ask, Coinsy, you know, what's what's a, a situation you've been doing this for? forever and you know in 38 years 39 years of uh of covering baseball in cleveland have you ever seen anything similar to that or a situation that that sort of you know made you stop and say you know wow you know life is fragile and you know we've got to you know appreciate what we've got right now it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, Joe, definitely. Um, you know, I've seen uh, pitchers get hit in the head with line drives. <clears throat> uh, Leroy, uh, Leroy Smith, who pitched for uh, Cleveland, um, you know, he was in. We were in Seattle. He got hit by a line drive. Phil Bradley hit him in the head with a line drive. The ball he he got hit so hard, the ball went up and straight up in the air. And Chris Bando was the catcher. He came out and almost caught the ball. Almost caught, almost caught it as it wow. deflected off, uh, uh, um, you know, um, Roy jo- uh, Roy's head, and uh, you know he was in the hospital for a few days. That was a scary, a scary incident for sure. Yeah, just uh, and and just the way that the the Demar Hamlin situation happened, it was a, it was almost like a, a routine play. It didn't look like it was anything out of the ordinary that we're used to seeing on every down of a football game. You know, and you think about how many pitches are thrown in a season and and how many pitches are thrown and hit back at pitchers. Uh, We talked about Carlos Carrasco earlier. Uh, Carlos Carrasco just seemed to be a magnet for getting hit by line drives and hit by balls back to the mound. Uh, You know, if if one of those balls hits you, hits a pitcher in the chest the way that DeMar Hamlin got hit in the chest, uh, it it could result in the same sort of thing. And, And you think about, you know, uh, so many of these uh, umpires are, you know, maybe not in the best shape of their lives. And, and these guys are out there working in 90 degree heat. And, you know, we've seen umpires take uh, blows to the mask and, and you know, wobble and, and fall down. And that's a scary situation. Uh, just anytime uh, uh, an individual's health or well-being comes into question while they're involved in, in, a, in a game, in, a, in a, an event, an activity like this, uh, it, it really just makes you pause and appreciate what you have, uh, for, for, for all of us who are, are there at the ballpark and, and really, uh, the fact that he came through this and he's, he's, you know, now sitting up in his bed and, and talking and texting and tweeting and, 
and and then what the Bills were able to do to go out and play inspired football on Sunday um, and and win their game. Uh, it, it just it's it's a big story and it's it's sort of just a, a sliver of you know how how sports and you know just uh, our our culture and our, our society are are sort of intertwined. Uh, I, I just wanted to, to to sort of you know point out that you know every time these guys take the field, uh, their life could change in a in a heartbeat, and you know they do it for for the fans and they do it for for themselves and for their teammates and, and all that. I, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I thought that it was worth noting at this point uh, after, after seeing uh, the DeMar Hamlin situation. Yeah. Thank God for the, uh, you know, the EMS guys, the, the physicians on the sidelines, you know, the guys that did CPR, what in at least what they were there in like 15, 20 seconds, they were, mm-hmm. you know, given, given him CPR and that saved his life, Joe, that, that, uh, you know, that, that that was the uh, thing that the impetus to keep him alive, to keep his brain function alive, and uh, you know he flew home. He flew home, I think, yesterday. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, <laughs> good for him and good for modern medicine, and you know, and uh, just uh, he he's a lucky he's a lucky young man. Well, and don't even get me started on the uh, Steelers fan or the the Steelers players who were pretending to give each other CPR on the field after, at the end of their, uh, their win against yeah. the Browns. And this Sunday. guy, and this guy's from Pittsburgh, right? He, yeah. He just, yeah. Yep. So, he went, he yeah. went to Pitt. Yeah. That's where he went. So yeah, I uh, just, uh, I'll tell you, it's, it, it's been a interesting sort of uh week and, and, and just watching the sports world, uh, you know, unfold and, and, and how it affects everything. It, uh, it, it, it was on major league baseball network. They were doing all sorts of references to it. Uh, even as they're talking about hot stoves. So, uh, again, uh, you know, I, I, all, all, all appreciation to the, uh, the first responders who were there on the field. Uh, like you said, Hoinsey. All right. Uh, Hey, before we go, I got to mention, uh, former, uh, Cleveland pitcher and now former Dodger pitcher, Trevor Bauer, who had his suspension reduced, uh, from two seasons to 194 games. Uh, he was reinstated, uh, but the the Dodgers last week decided to cut ties with Trevor Bauer. He is now uh, a free agent and, and out there. Uh, whoever signs him, I think, uh, only has to pay the the major league minimum uh, to to sign him, uh, and the the Dodgers would be on the hook for uh, for what uh, twenty two million something like that. Yeah, about twenty two million dollars. Yeah. So uh, the, the the big question is, does Trevor Bauer get a chance to pitch in the major leagues this season? Wow, Joe, that's a great, you know, that's that's a huge question. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been wrestling with this and, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to happen right away, but I would not be surprised. And we've talked about this before. I would not be surprised if a team signs him later in the season you know, that maybe perhaps a contender that needs that needs another arm. You know he's going to be ready. You know he's going to be want to prove everybody wrong. Uh, but such a, you know, the yin and yang of this, you know, do do you, does, it, does an organization open themselves up for the, uh, you know, for the, for the blowback that's going to happen on this, the negative repercussions of it, you know, of, of bringing in a guy like, like Bauer with what he's been through with his suspension. Um, ah, man, it is, it is a, a tough, tough call. 
I think the answer to that is 100% yes, that that will happen, that uh, that a team will uh, roll the dice on it and, and expose themselves to that kind of criticism. Uh, because like you've made the point before, uh, you know, talent over overrules everything. We've uh, we've seen it with the Deshaun Watson situation here in Cleveland. Uh, it's going to happen with with Trevor Bauer. He will get a chance to pitch. He's a proven commodity. Um, I'll put the uh, over under at July 1st. Does does Trevor Bauer uh, make it back to the major league mound uh, before or after July 1st? Yeah, it's it's going to be. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's it's one of those things where you just don't feel comfortable with it. And uh, but I will not. I would not bet against you, Joe. I I think uh, I think he's going to be on a mound somewhere for some team this season. Yeah, I'm I'm taking the uh, taking the over. I think it'll be after July 1st, but it will be back in the big leagues uh, at some point. All right, Hoisey, that's going to do it for today's edition of the uh, Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll be back with you on Thursday, uh, taking a look at some uh, future Guardians uh, players and and who might we see in 2023 that we have not yet seen on a major league field for Cleveland. Uh, and also looking ahead to uh, Guards Fest. It's getting closer. Guards Fest coming up uh, in a couple of weeks here. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, we'll talk about it uh, on Thursday here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Hoinsey, we'll check in with you then. All right, Joe.